Welcome to the Pictures of Lily podcast. I'm your host, Lily Moayeri. I have been a music journalist since 1992, and I interview a lot of music-related people. This podcast, which is named after the song by The Who, is about my experience behind the story, what my experience is doing the interviews, just to give you a snapshot of what it's like on the other side of the digital recorder. Pictures of Lily. Thank you everyone for tuning into the Pictures of Lily podcast. This is episode 69, and we are well into our fourth year of this podcast. We publish monthly with a new episode posting on the second Wednesday of each month. You can find us on every platform by going to picturesoflily.com where you can subscribe or follow us and also connect to us on Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, Pandora, and Amazon. Although it's really best to listen to the podcast straight from the source at picturesoflily.com as it is the highest quality audio and avoids copyright restrictions. This episode is on my recent experiences with Taylor Hansen of the pop group Hansen, probably best known for their earworm of a song, Mba. For women, for life, we sing freedom. For women, for life, we sing freedom. If you haven't listened to episode 66, the Gugush episode of the Pictures of Lily podcast, I recommend pressing play on that one before listening to this one as it serves as a primer. This episode will make a lot more sense after that one, but I will put as much information as I can here as well. Here are a few snapshots of my experiences with Taylor. When Hansen was building a name for themselves in the 90s, eventually having ridiculous success to the tune of selling over 10 million copies of their album Middle of Nowhere, I was about as far removed from the group as I could possibly be. I knew who they were, I knew their music, it was unavoidable, but as someone who was ensconced in British indie bands and dance music, they were just another American pop creation to me. Even though all my music-savvy industry friends were talking about Hanson like they were the second coming, praising their musicianship and songwriting chops. Then I forgot all about Hanson until a couple of months ago. At the start of this year, I had a conversation with Shirley Halperin, my editor at Variety. And she mentioned that Taylor Hansen, perhaps the better known member of the group, was working on something and she asked me if I wanted to cover it. I said yes because I say yes to everything. And I can't remember if at that time Shirley told me what the project was or not, but then I fell and broke my finger and split my forehead and had contusions on my side. I was fine and I am fine, but I did give some of my editors a heads up that I was not 100%. The first thing Shirley said to this was, does this mean you can't do the Taylor Hansen thing? Which I loved. And I said I definitely was going to do it. I wasn't planning on slowing down. I just learned how to type with six fingers instead of 10. Shirley put me on a text thread with herself and Taylor, which was pretty surreal in itself. I was scheduling an interview time with him, not realizing what we were going to talk about. Then I asked him to send me some information and he sent a voice message and a PDF. And I realized he was deeply involved in bringing awareness and aid in any way possible to the situation in Iran, particularly the women of Iran. If you've been on the receiving end of the Pictures of Lily newsletters or follow me on any of the social networks or listen to episode 66 of this podcast on Gugush, you know I am deeply invested in the situation in Iran. And I am trying to use my voice to bring as much attention to it as possible. If you're not aware of what's going on in Iran, here is a brief rundown. 
The country has been under the oppressive rule of the Islamic regime since 1979. Over the course of its 44-year rule, the regime has committed countless atrocities against the people of the country. Last September, the Islamic Republic's morality police arrested a 22-year-old woman named Masa Amini for allegedly not wearing her hijab, in this case her head covering, correctly. They beat her mercilessly and three days later she was dead. They claimed her death was from a heart attack, which is a blatant lie. Masa's death sparked protests around the world, most notably in Iran. These protests are led by the country's young people, the Generation Z, who are taking a great risk by putting themselves in the crosshairs of the government. The government, in turn, has beaten, imprisoned, tortured, and raped its citizens. The most recent number killed is over 500 people. At the current time, the prisoner count is an estimated 20,000 with a noticeable number of creatives and innocent protesters among them. Artists are a particular target. Singer-songwriter Shervin Hajipur wrote a song called Baroye made from social media posts from Iranians in response to Masa's murder. He was arrested the day after he posted the song. He is out on bail but under restrictions at home. Rapper Tumaj Salehi has been in solitary confinement for over 120 days. He has long been outspoken about the injustices of the government and it is not the first time he has been arrested. This time they beat him so severely upon arrest that he is close to losing sight in one of his eyes. Rapper Salman Yassin Saidi is another artist under arrest and these are not the only ones. The regime has been very creative in how it is punishing its people from shooting young women in the face and genitals with birdshot to poisoning girls in schools, not to mention the barbaric and medieval public hangings of four young men who were murdered without due process. These human rights violations were something Taylor could not turn his back on. He and I ended up on a Zoom with my hand in a splint and a big bandage on my forehead. He told me all about how he became aware of what was happening in Iran and how much it was affecting him, particularly as a father of three daughters. He was involved in starting a nonprofit foundation called For Woman Life Freedom. He also used his position as the president of the Texas chapter of the Recording Academy to make sure that Shervin's song Baroya was correctly submitted for consideration for the new Special Merit Award for Song for Social Change. Since the Grammys are long over, you might know that Baroya won that award, which was a particularly redemptive moment for Iranians around the globe. At the time, Taylor was putting together the Voices Project. The best way to describe it is as a We Are the World for Iran. The song is Baroye with a new chorus by Taylor that's easy for anyone to sing, professional or otherwise. Besides bringing together high-profile musicians from his personal contacts, Taylor wanted to gather 16,000 voices from all over the world, remote or in person, to represent the number of prisoners of conscience in Iran at that moment in time. As I mentioned earlier, that number has since gone up to 20,000. To drive that We Are The World idea further home, Taylor scheduled a recording session at Henson Studios here in Los Angeles. In the same room that We Are The World was recorded some 38 years prior, almost to the day. This is what Taylor told me for our conversation for Variety. Considering the level of atrocity that has unfolded in Iran, considering how vital this is, how critical, that it hasn't reached the consciousness of as many people as it should just doesn't add up. My thinking was, what way can this movement break through? Music might have a real role to play here. We went to the recording session, which coincidentally took place the same day as the Special Merit Awards, and it was a tremendous experience. I've been to Henson many times, but I had never witnessed anything like this. Lawrence performed a solo for the chorus and part of the verse, which was so fun for me to hear. Plus, now he gets to say he recorded at Henson and was co-produced by Taylor Hansen, legendary producer and engineer Jim Scott, and Hamid Saidi of the Grammy-winning group Opium Moon. I did a little quiet singing when we did it as a whole group, even though Taylor tried to get me to sing on my own. But I didn't want to ruin it with my horrific singing voice. 
The next evening, when Dr. Jill Biden presented the Song for Social Change Award to Shervin Hajipur, Taylor was the first and only phone call I received. I told him he was a good guy to think of me at that time. One week later, there was a massive protest in Los Angeles and many other cities around the world as it was the 44th anniversary of the Islamic regime. Taylor's aim was to have the song out in record time and to have people sing it at the protest. It wasn't quite ready, but Taylor stayed in Los Angeles. In fact, I think he spent more time here than he has at his home in Texas. And he sang it in the middle of the rally where thousands of Iranian Americans had gathered. Two weeks later, Taylor invited us to a listening slash mixing session for the song at Jim Scott's studio. This was exciting, but once we got to Jim's studio, we realized the space was the real treat. It's so huge with super high ceilings and multiple rooms, and it's packed with equipment, but also various fabrics and prints on the walls and lots of lights and unique objects. You have to see it to believe it. And somehow, despite its expanse, it feels intimate. That listening session also felt intimate. I spoke to every single person there and made a connection, at least for that evening. The song has turned out amazing and Taylor is singing the Farsi parts himself, which is very impressive. He gives all the credit to Hamid for his coaching. Taylor made a little speech that evening, which once again showed how strongly he feels about what's happening in Iran, particularly where Iranian women are concerned. To quote him from our Variety interview, This cause broke my heart. My whole life, I don't think I've been able to ask myself if I see any difference between the Iranian government and the Iranian people. The government of Iran has been seen as very much not a friend to our nation, but the people of Iran are the ones being oppressed. He also said, The idea for the Voices Project was born as a touchpoint, a gateway to connect with the issues in Iran in a different way. My hope is it becomes octane towards unifying this overall movement. From my experiences with him, Taylor's passion and dedication to the people of Iran rivals that of born and bred Iranians. His commitment is unwavering and tireless. His energy is unbelievably positive while taking into consideration the seriousness of what's going on. He's highly motivational for every one of us Iranians who come in contact with him. And he asked me to join the board of For Women Life Freedom, which I agreed to because I believe in his leadership. One of the key things about the situation in Iran is we need non-Iranian allies. Iranians don't need to convince each other that this government needs to be removed and a true democracy that is secular needs to be in its place. We are also completely up to date on all the horrors that are compounding in Iran daily. And we don't need fundraising as it is not possible to get those funds to the people in Iran anyway. What we need is for non-Iranians to also speak up for Iranians in any language. I see a lot of social media and information transmitted in Farsi but that doesn't translate or have any impact on people who don't speak the language. The noise about Iran needs to continue and be turned up, particularly in English, the most recognized language in the world, so the support for the struggle in the country gets stronger. All we need is people keeping the conversation going through posts on their social media channels. Without this continued awareness, all the lives that have been lost, all the risks that were taken at great cost, all the resistance will have no result. The brutal rule of this country, which is so rich in culture, art, literature, music, cuisine, not to mention its formidable brain trust, will be destroyed. Which is why I am exceptionally grateful to Taylor for raising his voice and keeping it raised for the people of Iran. 
شادی برای دختری که آرزو داشت پسر بود برای زن زندگی آزادی That's a snapshot of my very recent experiences with Taylor Hansen. I hope to have many more moving forward. You can find my interview with him at Variety.com and it is also linked at picturesoflily.com. Also at Pictures of Lily, I have made a category for my Iran-related writing so it's easy to find. our next episode, I'm going to be talking about three distinct experiences with electronic musician Madian, two for cover stories I wrote on him and one out in the wild. Speaking of electronic music, Lawrence has a recent release as Regal Standard, the featured vocalist on the Spag Ruckus single Auto Panic. Spag Ruckus is the new project from former Dirty Phonics founder and visual artist Matteo De Bruviso. The song has been very well received by the electronic dance music media. It's a banger that I personally co-sign. I will link it in this episode. Make sure to have a listen. From myself and my co-producer, director, editor, Lawrence Schroeder, thanks for listening. And if you have a chance to subscribe or follow the podcast on any of the podcast platforms, please do so and please rate and review. You can connect to us on picturesoflily.com and from there you can choose your preferred podcast platform or Instagram or SoundCloud or YouTube or Pandora or Amazon. You can also find the playlist for the podcast episodes on Spotify and YouTube. There's also a Pictures of Lily newsletter which goes out when each podcast episode posts with a bonus newsletter in between that you can subscribe to on picturesoflily.com. Thanks for listening. Pictures of Lily.